CFB paint back for a week 11 preview pod. Before we get into it, a couple things we got to cover first. We'll do a win totals draft recap, uh, be accountable to our picks. But before all of that takes place, I would really appreciate those listening to give us a like, a subscription, uh, a share, whatever you can to support the pod. We really appreciate it. So uh, with that being said, let's get into it. Um, before we go into our win totals draft recap, just to quickly recap for maybe new listeners or, or those that maybe need a refresher, uh, ahead of the season, the four brothers all drafted teams in FBS. Uh, each team is comprised of 10, or you know, each group of teams is, is 10 total teams. The goal being across the regular season, who can draft that the group of teams that has the largest highest win total right the most wins across their 10 teams i think i probably did a poor job of explaining that it was brutal <laughs> i just didn't want to say like team like a thousand times because you're talking about a team being a collection of universities that you've selected but also those are individual teams at any rate corey has got our update i'm going to hand the reins over to Corey. talk us through what happened in week 10. all right um Fun week. Let me see what I've got here. Oh, the entire screen. I want to share this. Okay, it was a fun week. A lot of craziness happened. Um, yet Brian solidified himself as the the extreme leader. Brian only has one loss with Oklahoma, and he has 75, total, 75 wins. Um, I catch up with the group finally. Uh, I have three teams that lose. Maryland uh, loses to – who was it? I can't even remember. UCLA loses to Arizona, and Boise State loses – um, and Steve has a rough week going five and five and Mark goes six and four with air forces. One of his undefeated teams losing finally. Um, Steve has two games ahead of us too, that he's played. So it's not looking as good for Steve right now. No, but you know, I still have Boise state, UCLA and Maryland and coastal Carolina at the end. So we'll see how it ends up. Um, but Let's go over each other's teams. Brian, you want to go over your team first? Yeah, the Oklahoma State loss was not one that I had pegged uh, going into the season. Uh, it's not one that threw three, four games in the season that I had. And then it got more and more scary as we got closer. And Oklahoma's not looking great against UCF. And Oklahoma State's playing their best football. Um, I'll, I'll take that loss. I think it should be the last one for Oklahoma uh, as far as my team goes. James Madison, Florida State, and Michigan all still undefeated. So they, they've really been carrying the team as a whole. Um, also, SMU was sneaky good at, at number nine, I think. Um, they're blowing out teams who they should uh, be beating. Rhett Lashley's doing an awesome job at SMU. So, uh, yeah, can't complain. Things are, are going according to plan. Preston Stone got hurt in that game. <laughs> Say that again? Preston Stone, the SMU quarterback, got hurt in their, in their game against Rice. So we'll see what they do moving forward. But, yeah. Good pick for you. Um, yeah, brutal week for me, particularly with the head-to-head matchups. Um, so USC, my team, played Washington, Corey's. LSU played Bama. That's Mark's. Uh, Notre Dame played Clemson. I made Corey's bad pick look good, uh, which is not great. Um, TCU is just a dumpster fire. Uh, they've got a, a true freshman playing QB for them. Uh, and he's throwing for lots of yards, but he has also thrown to the wrong team about twice a game. So uh, FAU, I'm selling on that one too. They're they're now that they're in conference. They've picked up a couple of wins, and they have the chance for a few more. 
but I'm kind of coming to grips with like, I'm probably going to lose this two years in a row. And it's really, really frustrating. Yeah. I, I'm watching Brian. I'm wondering if he's going to break how many wins I had last year. What was it? 90. It was up in the 90s. You had like 95. Like it was, it was maybe higher. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to check. I had, a, I think, yeah, I had an average of, of, I think I only had one team that didn't have like nine wins on the, on the season. So that's crazy. Um, this year, my team's being carried by my top heavy teams, um, Ohio State, Washington, Liberty, all going undefeated. Um, Tulane loves to flirt with disaster, but keeps winning. So I'm OK with it. <laughs> they've, I think they've won the last like three games by combined nine points or something like that. It's ridiculous, but I'll take it. Um, and then Carolina's winning finally again. And Clemson, the, the pendulum kind of swung back their favor. So as long as my top teams can keep carrying my bottom teams, I'm okay. But we'll see how it goes for the next week. Um, just the fact that I'm I've caught Steve and I still have two games more to play than Steve, I'm a little bit happier than this, happier than I was earlier. As far as Mark's team goes, um, he had his he had his own in in game Texas versus Kansas State. He was going to get a loss there. Wisconsin loses to who did they lose to? Illinois. Who That's did, right. Who did they play this last week? Yeah, Illinois, which nobody had. And then Air Force loses a fluke game in Miami. Well, we don't know what Miami is going to show up which week. So that's a little rough for, for Mark. In reality, they have the talent to be a much better team than they are. They just have the coaching that makes them worse and the players that make them worse, to be quite honest. So, yeah, looking forward to next week. We'll see how it goes. All right. Thanks, Corey, for that update. Now let's jump to – uh, the top games of the week. Now, before we pick these games and give some insight on how we see these playing out, first we got to be accountable to last week's picks. We should keep a running total on this. We haven't done that yet. Um, but everything is sort of changed formats. I'm sorry? I think you'd be winning the running total, just FYI. I, I think so, too. So there's a little bit of like, all right, the little consolation prize. But last week, Corey goes 14 and 7. Brian goes 14 and 7. Well, yours truly 16 and 5 straight up on the games that we picked. Um, I don't know if there's any that we wanted to just like highlight. Like the big one for me, I knew that that Clemson Notre Dame game was going to be close. I just, I didn't see Sam Hartman having another bad game against Clemson. But, well, yeah. some things never change. Steve, I don't think you picked one underdog last week. Just FYI. Is that right? I think every single team was favored. Oh, that's their favorite for a reason. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that if, if I'm right. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, that was that was how we fared last week. So if you want to know just straight-up outcomes, I'm your man. And let's get into each of these, and then after that we'll pick a few games against the number that we – you know, have, have identified as ones that we think are, 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 you know, that are potentially advantageous. But let's jump in. Uh, Louisville takes care of Virginia Tech last week. Now they kind of complete the Commonwealth cycle. Uh, and they have kind of a clear path to the ACC championship game to face now Florida State, who has clinched a, a spot in the ACC championship game. They are at home versus the Cavaliers. Corey, how do you see this one shaking out? This one's a, a short week. It's on Thursday night. Um, but this Louisville team's good. This Virginia team, tech, Virginia's team's not good. Um, 
we all know I'm not a, a Louisville fan. I'm a little scared to play them in the ACC championship game, but they will be there after they beat Virginia. So, taking Louisville. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here. Uh, I, I agree with you. I'm picking Louisville. It would be maybe a little bit more of a concern if they were on a short week. Virginia is also, you know, on the same rest, and they're coming off a 45-17 to 17 loss. They're also on the road. And for me, Louisville, the fact that they blew out Virginia Tech and were able to sit some guys, I think, early in that fourth quarter, mitigates some of that quick turnaround time. And it's what's interesting is it really sets them up if they win this game, which again is not guaranteed, but they do have they, they are twenty and a half point favorites, I think something along those lines. It's pretty pretty wide margin in terms of the uh, what handicappers have have put the spread at, but then it gives you the opportunity to play. You you're going to travel to Miami, and that's your last conference game. That would help you really sew up the. Uh, that second spot in the title, but you get three additional days rest ahead, or I guess two two days rest ahead of Miami, um, and and a couple extra days prep while they're still prepping for FSU. So things can get interesting there. I'm choosing the Cardinal. Brian, where do you sit on this one? Yeah, going with the Cardinals right now. They're winning and they're winning the way they should, um, and that that gives you like all the confidence that in a game where they should take care of business against the Virginia, who's been frisky to different opponents throughout the season. Uh, I don't think they will be so much on Saturday. Yeah, I said the Cardinal. I meant the Cardinals. Uh, Stanford's not going to be playing in this game. But yeah, clean sweep there for Louisville. Here's one of the big games that everyone's going to be paying attention to. Penn State hosts the Wolverines. Spygate is... uh, or Stallion Gate, I don't know what we're calling it yet. The sign stealing scandal is is still going. Penn State, uh, obviously a, a tremendous environment. I kind of would love to see more of these B night games. Frankly, like the, I understand what Fox is doing from a business like strategy standpoint, where it's like, do we really want to put our best game up against ESPN or ABC's best game every week and compete there, or do we zig when they zag? Like I see why they do it. I also think that we get robbed of some really cool environments in some of these games. I mean, the noon environment's just not the same. Frankly, I just don't think the crowds have enough time to get enough alcohol in their systems to for it to be as, as frenzied as a, as a night kick. But at any rate, Penn State looking to bounce back off of, uh, I mean, I, I guess I, what I'm saying, bounce back. They, they won easily on the road at Maryland, but bounce back in terms of like their big game performance. They have done nothing but kind of beat who they're supposed to beat and lose to those so that they would probably be expected to lose to. They don't, it's rare that they underachieve. It's also rare that they overachieve. Bry, are they overachieving this week? Can they take down the Wolverines in happy Valley? No, uh, I think Michigan wins. I think they win by a lot. Um, the, I, I may read too much into one game here when I look at the Ohio state Penn state game, but my instant thought with that is, well, this Penn state team is, first of all, I think Michigan would, destroy both of those teams based on that one performance, uh, but Penn State more so than, than Ohio State. I just don't think you're going to be able to score to keep it competitive. Corey, where are you at on this one? I think Michigan is out to give middle fingers to the Big Ten and just wipe it forth all of them and say, we will steal your signs and your conference title as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I asked the question, can, can Penn State you know, reverse their fortunes in these games? Not a chance for me, I don't think. Um, I, I just... 
just kind of like what you said, and, and Corey, I think you actually stepped away when we recorded this part of last pod, but I was like, does the Big Ten really want to face a galvanized Michigan who's got that us against the world? No, they don't. And Michigan's going to roll here, I think. Yeah, it's on the road. I don't think the crowd is a big factor halfway through the third quarter. Let's put it that way. I just, I yeah. just think they're going to realize we can't score. They can't score. Like, Yeah, I'm going to um, go halfway through the second quarter, honestly. Ooh, yeah. All right. I think Michigan right. can this team out. So clean, clean sweep for Michigan here uh, as well. The next game that we're going to talk about is Alabama after the big win in Tuscaloosa versus the Bayou Bengals. Now make the trip to Lexington, take on the Kentucky Wildcats. I'll, I'll go first on this one. I just don't see a path to victory for the Wildcats. I, I just, I mean, they, they run the football Bama's pretty good against the run. Um, I mean, they're just pretty good defensively as a whole, but pretty good against the run. They're going to trust their team uh, versus Kentucky's wide receivers in single coverage, and they'll stack the box to, to contain uh, Ray Davis and, and the Kentucky ground game. I, I just don't see a whole lot of points being scored by Kentucky. Give me Bama to win. I don't know what the spread on this one is, but I'm imagining kind of a slower – Slower game, probably a little bit lower scoring. I don't know what the spread is, which may inform my kind ten of opinions here. But ten, ooh, ten and a half. Well, what's the total? Sorry, the total is forty-seven and a half. Mm, I, I, yeah, I, I, I would probably lean toward the under there. I could see Bama winning this game twenty-seven to three. But anyway, that's my pick, Corey. What do you think? Um. Yeah. Devin Leary played a good game a few weeks ago in passing. He did not look as sharp against Mississippi State. They only scored 24 points against a very, a very, very good Mississippi State team. Um, I'm being sarcastic, of course. Um, Bama is going to wipe the floor with this team. I don't think it's going to be close. Yeah, clean sweep. Bama uh, done and dusted early on, and we're, they're going to keep it rolling all the way to the SEC title game. Uh, from uh, from the bluegrass state to the sunflower state, Kansas is hosting Texas Tech. <laughs> Brian, are you impressed by the, the nicknames that I'm pulling out here? Just, just um, fun bits of trivia that you get with TFB Paint. It's nice. That's right. That's right. You don't get this anywhere else. Uh, Kansas is on a little bit of a roll. Don't look now, but like Jason Bean is playing a little bit better. They're, I think they're kind of managing the game, putting him in positions to, to be successful. In my opinion, he's still just going to throw one or two just like baffling passes, and, and whether they're, whether or not the other team catches it is, is going to determine outcomes. But they host the Texas Tech Red Raiders on a disappointing season, but coming off of a win against TCU. Brian, what do you think? Is it the Jayhawks or is it guns up? I'm going Jayhawks here. Um, and this one I really do feel could go either way. Um, I just think that they're finding the groove with being at the right time. I think it'll be close. Uh, I've got Kansas. Corey, where are you at with this one? Um, I believe at the beginning of the year I had Kansas as my third best team behind Oklahoma and Texas. I think that it's kind of proven to be true right now. They're sitting. You're right there. Yeah. Uh, tied for third in, in, in the, 
in the standings. I think they continue to, to win, and I picked them over Texas Tech. Yeah, Kansas is still holding on to some very outside chance, but they're not statistically eliminated from the Big 12 race. Texas Tech, back-to-back road games. They win the first one. There's some talent on that team. They're still like playing hard. I think they're still together. I just wonder if Kansas is playing with a little bit more purpose and, uh, you know, they've got a lot of confidence after the last couple of games where they've been able to pull out some close wins. That plus being at home, I'm giving the edge to the Jayhawks, so it's rock chalk for me and chalk for all of us as we continue to have clean sweeps. Let's try and find one where we maybe uh, have a little bit of disagreement. It won't be this one, I don't think. Tulane hosts Tulsa. I'm going to just go ahead and say Tulane is good. Tulsa is not. I know Tulane has been flirting with disaster a couple of times. I don't think they do that this time. I think they win comfortably. Brian, who do you got? Yeah, same. Tulane takes care of business. Uh, No further notes. Tulane beat Rice by two points. They beat ECU by three. This time they're going to beat Tulsa by four. (laughs) Awesome. I, I really hope that happens. Um, K State, after after taking Texas to the brink, admittedly with some help from the Longhorns, putting the ball on the ground in the fourth quarter, they host Baylor. Um, uh, Corey, can K State retire slash fire uh, Dave Aranda this week? I don't think he gets fired yet, but because I think Baylor's expected to lose this game, and I think K State wins this game, too. but I think he still, still keeps his job for a little while. All right, all right, Brett, yeah, Brett, I, how do you see this one shaking out? I think it's the nature of the defeat that that may do it. Uh, I've got Kansas State winning. It, if it's big, then I could see Aranda going. If it's close, then you go, okay, well that's you know that's all we could have asked for. Yeah, this is a bounce back game for K State. I think they're going to murder Baylor. I think this is going to be at least a 20. I don't know what the spread is on it, but give give me K-State by four touchdowns. Oh. Do you want the spread real quick? Keep yeah, let's hear it. What is it? Well, I'm curious. K-State. While you're pulling it up, the reason I, I see that is just like, look at some of the challenges they've had with really mobile quarterbacks and yeah. – and you've got one Avery Johnson that I, I thought would be more unleashed last week. He was not. I don't know if they just thought the moment was going to be too big for him, but this is another one where K-State can kind of get back to their roots and say, you know what, we've got some athletes. We're going to put one of them at quarterback. You're going to have to account for him, and I don't think Baylor's good at doing that. Yeah, line's 20 and a half. 28 and a half? No, 20 and a half. 20 and a half, yeah. So I, I would, again, not, not a best bet for me, but uh, K-State will probably cover in that game. To a very big one, a big one that matters to us. Look, I'm wearing the FSU hat. Usually, I try and keep this as like you know, like nonpartisan as possible. I hate Miami. It's funny, like going back to like when I was like a kid, and I, I think I may have shared this with you, but the first time we got a college football video game in our house, I played with Miami. Like we had a dynasty, and I was with Miami, and there was some, I don't even know who the player was supposed to be. You know, like you know how they're all like kind of based on players. There's some guy that you could just huck it deep to him, and he just caught everything in that 
and he was just I don't I, I don't think the guy even panned out to be anyone really good. Like I don't think he was anyone like of consequence. Like if I said the name, I don't think you'd recognize it. But I won like three or four national championships to start that first dynasty mode that we had with the four brothers. And we did that over the summer and then Florida State and Miami played on Labor Day that that week. We went and watched it at uh, at a friend's house, a neighborhood friend's house. I remember going to the game and I was like, am I going to be rooting for Miami? Because I like I just got so used to seeing them like do well on like screen, you know, as I as I'm controlling the players and stuff. And I like I just remember just like such a visceral as soon as that game got kicked off the first time like Miami had a good play how like sick in my stomach I got and I was like no I hate Miami <laughs> so it got like ironed into me like of course I hate them like me playing with them on a video game is very different from them doing successful in real life uh, they are 14 and a half point dogs to the Knolls on the road man well, I have got thoughts on this game. Maybe I'll hand it to you guys first. Um, Brian, you haven't picked first in a minute. What yeah. do you see happening here? I, I see Florida State getting the win here. Florida State's at home. Uh, it'll be a really big game for them because you got to keep your your title hopes alive. They have to win out, really. I think that's, that's going to be the only way Florida State can make it to a playoff. Um, Miami it really needs to upgrade at QB at the moment. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke has not been what I, I'm sure he would have hoped he would be this year, uh, what Miami would hope. Uh, and as well, not what we, you know, we've seen different versions of him where he has played to a certain level. The defense looks good for Miami, and, and that could be something that keeps them competitive. The problem is I think they're going up against one of the better offenses in the country against Florida State, and you're going to need to have some offense to match with that. They have some dynamic, skilled players. Uh, Fletcher, that running back who, who's come on as of late, He's really good, um, and they've got three wide receivers who I think are, are pretty threatening. I think the problem's going to be on, uh, behind the center, and, and whether you go with Van Dyke or whether you switch it up for this game, I don't think you're going to have enough there, especially looking at the counterpart being Jordan Travis on the other side. Um, really important game for recruiting battles as well, but important for, for Florida State to keep things going. Uh, I've got the Knolls. Virtually their top five receivers out last game. Um, you essentially need to get two or three of them back um, and to give yourself a good chance at this. But I think this game is won by Florida State's defense. I think this defense has been unheralded, and I think they'll probably let up one or two big plays, but they'll keep Miami within four, like down to 14 points and shut down Miami's receiving core. I mean, Florida State is the only team in the nation that has allowed less than 50% completion rate across the board, which is insane. Like, for the entire season, you have quarterbacks completing less than 50% of your passes. Um and Mike Norvell has had this one circled. He's invited half of the state of Florida for recruits to come to this game. I, there are, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think there are like six or seven five stars attending this game. You got Cam Coleman. You've got, uh, wow, you got Jeremiah two, Smith. Jeremiah Smith. Huh. Then you have, um, of course, there five stars that are committed. I think there's Armando Blunt. That's a force to five star, depending on who you, you pick. There's quite a few people coming to this game. And Florida State's had this one circled, and they can't afford to let, not show off in this game. So, uh, Florida State. Yeah. Uh, this is There's some really interesting, like, positional matchups in this game. You talked about the wide receivers of Florida State being banged up and, and not, you know, some, some uncertainty around who's going to play. Miami's starting 
corners, both okay. of them yeah, hurt. left the game. One of them couldn't put weight on either leg. Like, couldn't even, like, hobble off. Like, it, one leg is clearly the one that's injured. Um, the other one, I think, left the game and never returned, but I don't think he... he he wasn't taken back to the locker room like, um, like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a mixed up too. Daryl Porter I think was the one that was, um, that was taken back to the locker room I think, um, but so you've got those positions that would line up against each other with with some uncertainty on who will be playing for either side of that. Uh, I think both offensively and defensively, Miami's lines of scrimmage are better than Florida State's. I would fight you on. I think Florida State's defensive line will hang with Miami's offensive line. It, just it will hang. It will uh, hold serve. It will be. It, but I think that's a close matchup. I, I think, it's and close, I think the other I, side, it's not that close. I agree. No, I agree. The other side, it's not that close. But I think when you look at uh, watching the NC State game, was what made me think this Miami offensive line is still gonna look, like they let up a lot of pressure on three man rushes. That there is was true. A lot of rush three, drop eight later in that game where they couldn't keep, you know, a, a right tackle couldn't keep that defensive end from getting around the edge and to the speed rush, Speed rush on on, and, on Francis Mowingall, yeah. Yeah, and Patrick Payton has a really good speed rush. So th- there's parts of it where I think I, the run game could be a big problem. I don't think they're going to be able to protect the passer as well as you might think, considering the talent on that line. Yeah, if FSU builds a lead in this game, I think it's lights out. Like, but I see a world where this game is a knockdown, dragout fight, where Miami shortens the game, runs the football, has success on first down. Kneels I don't know who they're. Oh, wait, no, wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they don't kneel it. They never kneel it. <laughs> only when they have a chance to win the game. <laughs> only to send it to overtime. No, not when they have a chance to win the game. They don't kneel it then. They yeah. kneel it when they want to go to overtime. Uh, so I, I'm taking Florida State. I think this is a close game. I think this is a really close game. I'm nervous for it as an FSU fan. But there is there is that world that exists where Florida State boat races them and just says, "Oh, you can't cover our our two best receivers. If we can block you up even a little bit, it's game over." Yeah, the, the, the I, funny I thing with this one is such a good game planner, and Adam Fuller has proven to be a great in game adjustment adjuster. Um, based off their second half, I mean, their se- their second half defense is allowed like seven points in the last month and a half, two months even. Like it's unreal. Uh, the, yeah, I just feel like Florida State can do this. It's funny because the talent that I see on the field is like probably slightly skewed Miami. Oh, well, um, very much skewed Miami. If you look but, at the recruiting classes, yeah. it's well, recruiting Miami's classes, like 11, yes, but... 11, 13, and eight. Florida State's 21, 21, 16, 19. They aren't even in the same league. I, I get that, but you do have as well, like, when you add a Keon Coleman, it's like, yeah, he might not be an elite recruit, um, but he's the best wide receiver on either team by far. So so there's parts of it where it's like they're, the high school talent is heavily skewed Miami, but it's what is the talent now, and I think it still is skewed a little Miami. I just think coaching-wise, you've seen which one has been able to produce more with less. Um, and it's been really really unbalanced in that in that view and I think that that's where Florida State has the edge. Awesome. Awesome. So clean sweep there. Have we had a single dissenting opinion on a single game yet? Nope. No. Not, no. To be fair, a lot of these point spreads where we've gone to look at them have been are two pretty wide. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. 
Tennessee, Missouri. This one's not a a wide point spread. I think Tennessee are one point road favorites. Yeah, one and a half according to DraftKings. Corey, how does Missouri bounce back? I think we skipped Washington, Utah, real quick. Oh, I sure did. Yep, Let's went right over it. Let's do that one first. Thanks for keeping me honest. All right, uh, Utah, Washington. Washington is at home. Uh, again, maybe this Utah team doesn't quite look as daunting, just knowing that some of their players that had, you know, were kind of like, are they coming back? Will they come back? Have been officially rolled out for the season. Um, Corey, take take me through this one. Yeah, I didn't want to be the first one to make the Mizzou Tennessee guess, but this one I'm okay with. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> It's been interesting to watch this Utah team because this Utah team has been scoring a little bit lately. I mean, if you take out the Oregon game, granted they scored only six, but they've scored 34 on Cal, 32 or 34 on, on USC, 55 on Arizona, Arizona State University. If Washington trips, is this the game? Ah, Washington's eight and a half favorite point favorites at home. Um, and if this was in Salt Lake, I might call this for Utah, but I think I'm going to call it for Washington. Yeah, Utah's only hope is that their run game can get established and runs all over them. That's what they did against Arizona State as well. Um, it was just a one-way traffic anytime they hand the ball off. Um, I've got Washington. Uh, Michael Penix had a couple of games where he didn't look like Michael Penix. He did last week against USC, um, kind of got himself right and just in time for a tough game against, potentially tough game against Utah. Um, Give me the Huskies. Yeah, uh, another another clean sweep here. Um, I've got Washington winning this one uh, thus far. I, I kind of last week made made the joke that playing in the LA Coliseum is not that intimidating for uh, for for road teams. That's the only road game that Utah's played a good game in, uh, and, and so I will say that they also struggle in Seattle. And the Huskies just have too much firepower on the outside. The Utah secondary has not been stellar this year. They're much better against the run than they are against the pass. This one's another one where, kind of like we said, it's it's potential razor's edge with Washington. you got to play a little bit of defense. I think you're going to get a a good defensive effort. That combined with the home crowd, um, Washington's going to win this game. All right, back to the who wants to win second place in the SEC East. Corey, I'm going back to you, Tennessee, Missouri. <laughs> um, so I, I do, I think Hyperl, is it Hyperl? Josh, is he Hyperl? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he does yep. a good job of scheming up them for big games. The thing that I think, though, is, is they've had an easy schedule of late. They haven't had played any hard teams, and in reality, they've won the games that they're supposed to win, and lost the games you're supposed to lose, and then some that they weren't supposed to lose, maybe the Florida game. Whereas Missouri is, they've been beating everybody that they're supposed to beat, and they've made the games that they were maybe not expected to win super close. Um, I think Missouri wins this one. And they cover. I mean, not uh, it's a ton. It's like a, they're already, oh, wait, well, they're a one-point dog, so they, they, they I have Missouri to cover wins. if they win. Missouri um, wins. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I think that's a bounce back game for Missouri. Tennessee is is good along uh along the defensive line. I'm not sure that it's gonna matter a ton if they can't cover on the outside, uh, particularly Luther Burden, who always seems to find a way to get open. 
I'm sure after a, a, a somewhat quiet performance against UGA, he's going to be all the more motivated to get back into the lab and uh, and put on a show. And I think Missouri, like Columbia, is not exactly like the most intimidating place in the SEC, but they've been showing up for every game that I've watched of Missouri this uh, this year. They've got a home field advantage. So uh, I think the Tigers also bounce back and get back in the win column against Tennessee. Bri, where are you at? I've got I've got bad news. It's another clean sweep. Uh, and, and for me, it's you, you hit on it with the home location. I think if this were in Neyland, I'd say Tennessee all the way. Um, not not that it would be drastically different, but uh, that that little bit of an edge uh, can go a long way. I think Tennessee has been playing good fo- like the football that they should as of late. Um, getting you know the job done against Kentucky. Obviously, they put away a, an easy opponent last week, um, but in the fashion that they should. The the one thing that gives me pause is this could be a little bit of like a I don't want to say a let down week because Missouri lost last week, but that would be the game that you're built up for. That's the game that you've been looking forward to. Like if yeah. we if we win this one, our whole season changes. Like everything's different if we knock off Georgia and we, we're one loss uh, in the in the driver's seat in the SEC East. Um, so there's there's a slight chance for me it's an emotional letdown uh, and that they they let that beat them twice. Um, but overall, I don't think that's going to happen. So I've got Missouri winning this. Awesome. Awesome. All right. We talked about kind of the surprise team of October. And now as we're turning the page into November, Oklahoma State travels after a huge victory. You talked about emotional letdowns. This one, obviously, maybe a, a different side of the coin. But after a huge win in <sighs> – Gosh, it would have been a really good drinking game if you would have like listened to the broadcasters and every time they said in the final bedlam, there'd be like alcohol poisoning uh, across the nation. But so they win that game. They they kind of put the boot to Oklahoma's butt on the way out the door. Encore performance. You go to the bounce house. UCF, a plucky little underdog. Um, is UCF off a bye? Who did they play no, last week? This last week. Okay, basically a buy. Um, so twenty six. I'm, I'm just saying Cincinnati's a bad team. That was that was me taking a pot shot at them. I, I yeah, again, I asked if they're off a buy. I'm, I, I'm not paying super close attention to UCF right now. Um, Oklahoma State. Brian, what what are we doing here? Is does Gundy have the have the boys ready to play? You, you know I'm riding with Oklahoma State until they proved me wrong. Um, I, I've been for a couple weeks now, and they jumped a bigger hurdle than than UCF. Yeah, you got to travel to Orlando, um, and it's kind of the, the one of the more significant amounts of travel that you can do in the Big Twelve. Um, but I think they they win and cover. I'm surprised the point spread is so small on this one. Uh, they're two and a half point favorites. It's a little bit shocking to me. I, I think they'll win by multiple scores. Corey, what do you think on this one? Well, it's the time for a letdown game. They're going to let down. They're going to let OU back in the game. There's a reason Vegas thinks this is only a two-and-a-half-point game. UCF has lost four of its last five, but it won last week. They're finding their footing, and it's in, it's, it's in Orlando. Sorry, Stillwater chokes, you know? 
it wouldn't, yeah, it, it wouldn't be the, the Big 12 if everything went according to plan, even week to week. Uh, I'm right there with you. The bounce house is, it's it's just a weird place. Like, I mean, not weird, but just like weird results happen there. I am on UCF as well. I think this is a score fest. I don't think there's a whole lot of defense played in this game. I don't know what the total is, but like blindly, I might just say bet the over. Um, and yeah, I, I think that uh, Gus gets the better of Gundy. 64 and a half. Well, it's lower than I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll just earmark a, that as, as the over. You see, I've scored about 27, 20. Eight points a game for the last like four or five games, so they're not like blowing. They're not blowing that thirty barrier, and that's kind of been where Oklahoma State has been as well. The 32, 33, 35 that range. Yeah, I think they both run the football, which may shorten the game. Is just probably part of that. I just think there's going to be tons of explosive runs. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, all right, uh, we're going coast to coast here from from Orlando to Corvallis. Oregon State still uh, some some chances to make some noise in the Pac-12. They, they're going to need, I think, a little bit of help. All right, they actually might control their own destiny still, since they still play Washington and they still play Oregon. They could hand Oregon a second conference loss and then have the head head to them. So, uh, but critical to doing that is taking care of business against Stanford, who has really shown some life lately. They just beat Washington State. Um, Troy Taylor starting to figure things out. I'm going to go on the record and say Oregon State still wins this game. A, a couple of, of tough games headed. They, they, I think Jonathan Smith is going to have them not looking ahead. I believe this next week they play Washington. So it's a potential look-ahead spot for them. But I think they're going to be ready to play. Oregon State's going to win. I do think it's going to be a pretty close game between them and the Cardinal. And this time I got used the Cardinal correctly. Bry, what do you think? I think the same team wins. I don't think it's close, though. Um, I think I like what Troy Taylor's doing at Stanford. I think in time it could could be really something, especially going to a conference like the ACC. You might be able to have a, a quicker impact um, with a little bit, you know, <laughs> you don't have – you might have the same level of top team or nearly, but you don't have three or four of them like you do in the Pac-12. You're going to have one, maybe two. Um, so good turnaround for them coming up, but it's – it doesn't start this week. It's going to be ugly. Uh, and Oregon State gets a big win. Corey, what did you at? Oregon State are 21 point favorites for a reason. Even if they don't cover, they're still going to win this game. So, Oregon State. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, this is this is a fun one. Uh, one that I don't feel like we've seen a whole lot. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but feel like Georgia doesn't play Ole Miss all that frequently. Obviously, they, they're not like uh, crossover. Uh, they're, they're not like the, the guaranteed crossover game for the SEC East and SEC West. But how does the mouth from the South perform on the road in Athens? Corey, what do you think? Um, Lane Kiffin is looking for a signature win. I think he has beaten Bama once before. Um Oh no, Ole Miss beat Bama, but not with Lane Kiffin, I think. Um, this is not the signature win he gets, though. Sorry. Uh, Georgia wins. And when Georgia plays a team that's actually semi-good, they try to show their their strength, they're going to blow this team out a little bit. It's going to be a close to 21-point win. 
I've been a Ole Miss doubter all season long, uh, even incorrectly on several occasions. I called Texas A&M to get the win over them this last week, which it came close, but you know, no, no cigar. I'm still doubting Ole Miss. They're not going to get this win. Um, I'm not doubting them huge. Uh, I, I think there's a chance that they cover, uh, but Georgia's, Georgia's going to score a lot of points in that game. <laughs> yeah, it it really boils down to I, I don't trust Ole Miss to get a ton of stops. And so that means their offense has very little margin for error, and that's not usually a winning recipe against Georgia. I know this Georgia defense maybe isn't the all-world defense that it's been the last two years. Give me Georgia. They're at home. Uh, yeah, that's open and shut. Um, all right. Let's see here. Okay, Oklahoma hosts the Mountaineers of West Virginia. Brian, how does Oklahoma respond to being, at least for the foreseeable future, current losers of the Bedlam rivalry? Even though they've dominated for the better part of what, like 118, 119 games that they've played, as far as I'm concerned, they're losers now, and they're chickening out of the game from now moving forward. So, anyway, what do they do? Uh, West Virginia beat Oklahoma last year. Garrett Green was, I think that was his first start for West Virginia, if memory serves me right. Again, Child's High School alumni, go Timberwolves. Uh, but Heading into Norman is a different thing, and and this Oklahoma team is is different from last year too. Bry, how do you see this one shaking out? I haven't checked out the line on this game at all. I think it has a chance to be close, but I've got Oklahoma. Twelve and a half. Um, Twelve and a half. Um, yeah, I I think there's a chance that West Virginia covers that, but I think Oklahoma. This is a get right game. You know, it's kind of been trending in the wrong direction with UCF, and they have the loss with Oklahoma State. Uh, and now it's, hey, we've got to remind people who we are. Um, and unfortunately for West Virginia, it comes against them. Uh, so they're they're not going to let this one slip. I agree with Brian. This is a pound game and make myself feel good. And if Oklahoma State loses to UCF, they pounce on this game even more so because now we have a chance to put ourselves back in, in, in the mix. So I'm going to say OU wins this game big. Country road, no way. take me home. No way. Oh, yeah. Uh, look, I've watched West Virginia a couple times. They're I'm playing their best ball. I love West Virginia and Childs. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What? <laughs> no. I, okay. Their, their running game, I, I understand that Oklahoma did a pretty strong job against uh, Ollie Gordon. What Oklahoma State is lacking is a one-two punch. Virginia does not. West Virginia does not lack for a one-two punch in the backfield. That Jaheim is it right or White? I can't remember his last name. Man, that kid's lighting in a bottle. He's a true freshman, and he's compact, super fast. If you get out of a single gap, he will make you pay for it. And then you have the hammer that is Donaldson. So I think they've got the opportunity to present some different challenges in terms of what they do from a running perspective. Uh, Garrett Green is the same kind of quarterback that gives Oklahoma trouble where he's mobile enough to make you pay if you don't pay attention to him, but not so mobile that you're actually dedicating resources to him. So I, I think there's a chance that they 
I, I'm not picking them to win, right? I think there's a chance that they go and spring that upset. West Virginia is a different team than we thought they were going to be going into the year. And I know they've had a lot of injuries. They're going to have to win a shootout. I think Oklahoma is going to score points, right? They're going to have to win a shootout. I think they have the right team to give Oklahoma some stress, particularly if Stutzman's still not playing. I, I think a linebacker is the area that you can potentially exploit if you're um, if you're West Virginia, particularly again, your running backs in stretch plays and in um, and in the passing game. I think that's something to keep an eye on. I'm going to choose the Mountaineers. I, I like just it. can't imagine the scenes in Norman uh, if this should happen. You know, just just a quick fall off from. I mean, you were on the mountaintop with that win over Texas. Uh, you know, Texas, who's beaten Alabama this year, and, and now you're, you know, sky's the limit for your team. It would be That'd very be three interesting. straight losses for for Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. It, the the sentiment around, I don't know, because. I don't think Oklahoma's like a get this guy who's in his second year out of here immediately sort of program, no, but they might find somebody, you know, find find a coordinator, find a position coach, somebody to to blame because some scapegoat, yeah. Because once you think we might be national title contenders, it's really hard to accept we're a three loss team now. You know, it's tough to come back. I don't with. think yeah. Oklahoma fans thought they were national title contenders, though. I think they thought, hey, we might make the playoffs. Hey, we will probably make the Big Twelve championship, but I don't think they they thought they were gonna win a championship. I, I would be I mean, honest, like, to... I would have said like immediately post the the Texas game, like yeah, I think Texas is still a little bit of a better team, like would favor them in a rematch, but like narrowly, and Texas I think could easily win a title. So like for me, like yeah, they I they were in contender status in my head. Like I didn't think they were the top contender, but on their on their day, sure. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, if Texas and OU play again, I, I give Texas a ten point spread. Like, I don't think they're that close. Interesting. We'll see if we end up getting it again. Oklahoma's going to need some help. UCF Golden Knights could do them a do them a solid, but they also, I think, need Kansas to lose. So there's a. Uh, I think they they have work to do still. Yeah, do they lost the head to head to Kansas? That's right. Um. To, uh, to another game where, um, in, in this case, we're talking about Ohio State playing Michigan State. I'm going to be quick on this one. Michigan State isn't any good. Ohio State's going to win this game. Corey? Ohio State's 31-point favorites. Yeah, they're going to win. 31. 31 and a half. And, and the hook. <laughs> Bry? Buckeyes win. All right, okay. Uh, TCU and Texas in the night game – Again, I, I'm going to get on my soapbox here. Like, this was chosen over Florida State and Miami. I, I just don't see it. I mean, it's going to take the best effort that TCU's ever had. Now, again, the, the, I think it'll be a good environment. Like, who doesn't want to, you know, send the, you know, the conference traders out the door with the with a loss? I just don't think that. They're starting a freshman quarterback right now due to some injuries. He's been an okay player, but he's also thrown a lot of interceptions. If I'm in the Texas secondary, I'm like, oh, yes, I get to play this guy. There's a good chance I'm going to get my hands uh, on a pass this week. Give me Texas. I don't know if you guys see. Is there even a path where TCU makes this interesting? 
No, I, I don't I care don't who's playing that. quarterback for Texas. Texas is winning this. We could we could start the freshman, and they're still gonna win. Arch. Yeah, yeah, I'll take Texas as well. All right, all right. Here's a fun one. Who bounces back from a loss that maybe are different shades of disappointing? Like, like there's like 50 shades of disappointing. LSU's is maybe a mild form. UF's was a dark disappointment at home. Arkansas had never won in Gainesville. Now they have to go on the road in Baton Rouge. I does oh, Dave, well, Dave I, maybe that was that was my question. I was like, does it matter? Is my next second one? Um, but but Corey, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Tell us what you think. I feel like Graham Mertz isn't a great quarterback, but he's a good enough quarterback to take advantage of the of LSU's secondary that's not that great. Um, the problem is, is he's not going to be able to lean on the run as much um, because LSU's going to be a little bit stronger on the run. Um, and Florida's a good running team. And so eventually it's going to have to go into Graham Mertz's hand. Graham Mertz can't win this game for them. Um, LSU's offense is going to outpower their, their cruddy defense and win the game. That's what I think. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I don't know if Makai Wing goes back for LSU or not, but I think even still they're going to have enough to load up on the run, kind of put more bodies there, and uh, that's that's the strength of this Florida offense. And I, Yeah, I think Nussmeyer gets a win. I think Jaden Daniels gets a win. doesn't matter who's who's quarterbacking. I've got the Tigers. Yeah, UF can't keep up, I don't think, is, is my thought process here. Um I think they're going to need to keep up because I do expect LSU to score quite a bit. The interesting thing was that I just I wonder if most of the teams that have taken advantage of LSU secondary have taken advantage of them deep, right? It's it's lots of deep passes from Ole Miss, tons of deep passes from Florida State. Bama, I don't think as much. Again, I have not watched that as much. Sorry, go ahead. Missouri as well mm-hmm. did the same thing. Yeah, so uh, it'll just be that's the one thing that I guess we've seen Alabama not necessarily like chuck the ball deep a ton against them. So maybe there's they follow the Alabama protocol and, and try and win the game that way. But they don't have Alabama's defense is the other problem there. So or uh, that's that's true too. Um, yeah, Swamp Kings is. Uh, uh, is a show that takes place in Louisiana or Swamp People, right? It's not Swamp Kings. Swamp Kings was that really bad documentary about Florida that was just like an Urban Meyer PR hit. Um, anyway, but the Swamp People are always tagging Gators, and and this was this is be no exception. Um, UCLA coming off of a loss to one Arizona school, now they host Arizona State. Arizona State's kind of reeling now. Uh, there's they're just to the point in the season where, you know, they're running out of things to play for. They're also running out of players to play with. Um, so I'm going to just make this short and sweet. UCLA is going to win this game. It probably is a runaway. And uh, Arizona State hit the transfer portal, get get on the recruiting, uh, and, and, and bounce back next year in the Big 12. Brian? Uh, yeah, same. Uh, UCLA, this is your second – big physical defense that you're going up against uh, two weeks in a row for Arizona State. Same result. UCLA wins big. Yep. Agreed. All right. 
one of the, the more intriguing games in terms of matchups and, and kind of stylistically, this is, this is going to be a fun one, I think. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to be a competitive one. I'm, I'm actually kind of curious to see what USC looks like after a third loss this season. Oregon hosting the Trojans. Corey, talk to me. What do you see happening in Eugene? The line is 14 and a half, and that's going to be about right. If not, Oregon covers. That's what I'm going to say. Oregon's going to beat this team. They've got a good defense and a good offense. UCLA or USC has a good offense, depending on the night. And if you're giving up 44 points to the regular teams, you got to get up at 55 or 60 to this one. So, oh, could you imagine if they score that many points? And, and it's not really that hard. You don't have to score 52. Yeah, you don't have to dream too big for, for Oregon to score 55 60. Bry? Uh, I talked to a Utah fan in between their win against USC and their upcoming game against Oregon. I said, what do you think your chances are after beating USC? You knock off Oregon at home. And they said, the problem is Oregon is everything USC is not. They've got a coach with toughness. They've got players who care and who really know what they're doing. That The things that we're able to take advantage of and that make us different from USC don't make us different from Oregon. Um, I think Oregon smashes USC. Yeah, give me the Ducks. Give me the ducks. Um, oh, you type ducks for me instead of Oregon that you type for the other two. Uh, I just think it's funny. Um, no, so yeah, I think Oregon's going to win, be an awesome environment, and who doesn't want to see them, like, you know, put the nail in USC's coffin? It's, it's, it's your classic pile-on, right? And Dan Lanning is not – he's a fan of piling on, too. Yeah. So uh, if, they, if they have a chance to stomp USC, they're going to do it. We know that. Colorado? (laughs) Yeah. It's not going to be fighting for clicks. It's like they're fighting for, I don't know. I don't know. USC. To stay relevant. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. He'll he'll find a good little, like, rhyme for those. I was trying to think of something that's stereotypically Southern California. They're fighting for blondes. We're fighting for – I couldn't come up with a rhyme. Anyway. Google surfing. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I guess. All right. Um, Air Force lost in shocking fashion to Army, and now they travel to Hawaii to take on the Rainbow Warriors of UH Manoa. Um, Brian, do the Rainbow Warriors have a chance in this game? No, 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 they don't. It's not close. And if Air Force needed any motivation, they got it last week. Air Force wins. Agreed. Corey, I see you've already typed yours. Yeah, plain and simple. <laughs> yeah, they're going to bounce back. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, really think Timmy Chang is doing some good things with Hawaii. Like, I mean, it's a hard place to, to, to be successful. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that they're still building. Uh, Air Force is in, in a place where they're just going to, you know, probably take in that nice island breeze for a day or two and then get right on the football field and head back to Colorado Springs. Um, BYU plays Iowa State in the who wants to stamp their ticket to a bowl. Um, BYU is seven point underdogs. This is, I think, the late game. I think this is like yeah, an 815 local kick, local kick. 
So a late game, Iowa having to travel, the elevation change, which to me is not that big a deal. Like I know people make a big deal of it. I, I don't buy it really. I mean, I, it makes a, a difference. I don't think it makes as big a difference as, as most people make. But if you have all the ingredients. Consistently, yeah, I'd care about it. But football where you get to take a, take a breather. Yeah. And I, I don't know. You have all the ingredients you need for BYU. And, and kind of like we talked about in our last episode, like this is your chance, I think, at a bowl game. I think you got to put all your chips in on this one. I don't think you're winning hosting Oklahoma the next week. I certainly don't think you're winning on the road in Stillwater with the way that Oklahoma State is currently playing. Again, maybe that's subject to change. They did lose 33-7 to to South Alabama at home this year. So uh, there's a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde to that team, but they've been a lot of mis- or a lot of Jekyll lately. Um, and so anyway, the punchline is I think this is BYU's best shot at a bowl game. They're seven-point home underdogs to Iowa State. Iowa State just coming off of a loss against Kansas. I I think with a full week to plan around using Retzlaff, and I still don't remember his first name. Is it Bryce? Someone look that up for me. I'm going to get that way wrong. Um, anyway, with, with a week to plan around him, and, and now you've seen some of his skill set and what he can do, combining that with being in a much more friendly environment, I am choosing BYU to beat Iowa State. It's Jake Retzlaff. And, uh, Jake, thank you. I'm going to jump on board with you. I, I think the just you've got all the right ingredients in this potion. That That's all. It's in the right location. It's at the right time. Uh, it's coming off the right week for your opponent, not necessarily for you. There's, there's a lot of bad weeks that BYU's had this year, to be fair, though. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's it's the long travel for the first time going out west for Iowa State. Cougars get it done. They get bowl eligible before they get destroyed in their last two games. You guys uh, make me want to not choose BYU, but I had already written down that I was choosing BYU in this game. So I'm going to choose BYU to cover and, and to win. Yikes. Um, so we're all going there. Uh, interesting tidbit that I picked up. So I, I have some connections within that program, um, but the marketing team has not actually like released what the uniform combo is for this week mm. for fear that people are going to be concerned that they're only concerned about fashion uh, rather than playing well, which to me is like, look, you, you have to wear a uniform. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, look, you telling people what the uniform combination is, like that's the social media team that does that. It's not like one of the coaches is taking his time to put together the graphic and put it up on, you know, whatever social. Anyway, it's funny. So I was, I was curious. I was like, you know, I, we have someone on the inside here. Uh, so I was like, so what is it? And he's told me and I can't tell you, but uh, I'm well, going, uh, I'm saying it's black and chrome is what I bet. And chrome. Yeah. Like, like a silver cool. chrome helmet. Yeah, they did some chrome over in Las Vegas a few like a, last year, didn't they? I'll find it. Those ones. Yeah, I was gonna say they did the ones that fade like went from blue to black, like the fade to black yeah. helmets at one point. 
I yeah. Anyway, it was just to me, it was just interesting. I was like, ah, oh, if if the marketing people are so, that worried about that, like we we need people with a little bit thicker skin there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're all picking a BYU to get right. The last game that we have to pick tonight, uh, Duke UNC. Not a ranked matchup, is that right? No, I haven't no. even looked at. Not a ranked matchup, but a rivalry a, game. One that was interesting, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm all for it. I, I really wish you could see this game with both teams at full strength. Duke is not at full strength. I'm taking uh, North. Uh, yeah, I'm taking North Carolina to beat Duke. They're at home, but North Carolina lays eggs all the time and just decides to lose the teams they have no business losing to. Bry, what do you think? Yeah, especially tricky of late um, with them having done that. Uh, <laughs> like, their their two losses are Georgia Tech and Virginia, not particularly good teams. I'm going to go with UNC because talent says that should be the team that wins this one, uh, especially given the relative health of their opponents. I do think, you know, under Mike Elko and a healthy Duke team, they're pretty good. Um, yeah but they're not healthy. Um, so I'm going to go UNC, but gosh, it wouldn't shock me if they lost by, I by also, three scores. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I also am going to go UNC here, um, but take the under on this one. I mean, the line's like 15 and a half. Elko's got a good defense. UNC's not going to score that much. If Lincoln Riley, or if uh, Riley Nelson, what was Riley, uh, what's his name? Leonard. Leonard. Riley Leonard. I can't even. I'm like Lincoln Riley, Riley Nelson, all these different names. If he doesn't play, then yeah, don't expect it to happen. And the reports are that he'll be extended period of time. So, I uh, yeah, take the under, but UNC is going to win this game. Yeah, I think a, a fully healthy Duke wins, frankly, uh, but they're not. I see that, yeah, but they're not. So yeah, uh, victory bell goes to North Carolina. Uh, load up on your Carolina blue spray paint to paint it blue. Um, and that's that's it for our picks just straight up. Now it's time to be accountable for our picks against the spread. I don't, Who did the best this week? Uh, Does anyone think they did the best this week? I think I might have. I did okay, go. I, I put myself in there too, so go ahead, okay. Brian. I, I, I just didn't want to ruin it for people by saying it before, but um, go ahead. I took Missouri plus 16. They were within nine. Georgia, so there's a win for me. Oklahoma State plus six. They got the win. Uh, Kansas plus two and a half. Winners on the weekend. Uh, LSU, Alabama over 60. Um, that's a, a win on that one. Boston College plus two and a half. They ended up winning that game uh, by seven. I think it was 17-10, so they got a win. And my sole loss of the week is Nebraska minus three, uh, who wasn't able to get the job done. So five and one on the week. Um, Solid. I was hoping for the sixth, but it's fine. <laughs> Nicely done, Bry. Um, I go f- four and two this week. Um, I picked four upsets and three hit this last week, which is pretty impressive. Um, LSU plus three versus Alabama. That did not hit. Um, Kentucky minus four versus Mississippi State. They smoked them. Clemson plus three versus Notre Dame. They beat it. Clemson beat Notre Dame. Uh, Georgia Tech plus one and a half against Virginia. They smoked Virginia. And then Arkansas plus six versus UF. Arkansas won that one. FSU versus Pitt, 22. If only they decide to push it in from four yards out. So I, I go four and two. 
All right. Um, I'll go ahead and be accountable now too, and then maybe we'll go in that same order because it looks like yeah, five and one, four and two. Bottom dweller here, three and three. Uh, FSU does not cover the twenty-two and a half point spread at Pitt. Again, I was begging, just like run it in, just 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 put it in. Um, Nebraska minus three versus Michigan State. That's on me for trusting Nebraska to do anything. Uh, uh, Washington USC over seventy-six and a half. I I would have bet my house on that. Like, and probably should have bet my house on that. Um, because yes, that was what uh, almost a ninety-four point game, and yeah, so they're almost twenty points over the spread, over the total, I should say. Um, Kentucky minus four versus Mississippi State. That one also cash for me. Colorado plus thirteen versus Oregon State. Yes, got that one. So three and two thus far. SMU minus twelve at Rice. This the reason I know that Preston Stone was injured is because I was paying attention to that game uh, to see the outcome. That was kind of a, a wild game where there were stretches of it where it looked like okay SMU is going to run away with this game, and then there are other parts where it's like oh no Rice is is right there and this is going to be a dogfight. Um, so they do not cover the twelve point spread on the road at Rice three and three for me. Brian, give us your picks for this week. Yeah, so last week I hit on four underdogs. Uh, this is a week for favorites, and you could probably guess that from our team predictions, uh, our, our overall win-loss predictions as we went through. Uh, I've got Alabama at minus 10.5 over Kentucky. I'm taking Michigan at minus 4.5 over Penn State. I think that's going to be so far off. <laughs> um, uh, I'm taking Oregon over USC. Um, the line I saw there was minus 15.5. Is that what you guys saw as well? I think it's been on DraftKings. It's down to fourteen and a half. Let me check that. Um, yeah, oh, that's oh, right. I'll, I'll, I'll take the fourteen and a half. Let me let um, me check it, check it one time. Yeah, fourteen and a half. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, so Oregon to to whoop up on USC. Uh, I have Arizona, Colorado over fifty five. Um, that seemed like a really low point total for the those two teams. I think Arizona might do that by themselves. Um, so. Give me the over there. Oklahoma State minus two and a half over UCF. Yeah, you've, I, I've many times expressed I'm just riding with Oklahoma State till they prove me wrong. Um, I picked a good time to start going with them. We'll see when when it stops working. And then Rutgers, Iowa under 29. Uh, I think Rutgers might ruin this for me, but these are two good defenses. And I see this being a very likely like a 10-7 sort of game. So I'm going to take the under 29. They scored last week, right, against Northwestern? Yeah, it's yeah, ten seven. Right. They, I was watching ESPN. They're like, yeah, six games by the for the Cubs actually went over that score. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's definitely like my my I don't know. I thought it was a fun one, so I wanted to include it. But I also think it's not a it's not a bad take. So those are my picks for the week. Corey, oh, next, yeah, uh, Brian and Good Minds Think Alike. I also have Michigan. <laughs> Minus four and a half at Penn State. Uh, Bama minus ten and a half at Kentucky. Um, you said favorites, yeah. West Virginia at or sorry, I think it's Oklahoma at West Virginia. I don't know which one it is. Uh, Oklahoma hosts oh, West, Virginia. Okay. West Virginia at Oklahoma. Yeah, minus twelve and a half. I'm taking Oklahoma. Uh, Ole Miss at Georgia minus ten and a half. I'm taking Georgia. Um, that's four. I've got like a few down here. I'm gonna go with. Um, I actually also had the Arizona. At, 
at Colorado over 55. That but I'm not like going to pick that one. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go Utah at Washington uh, and with Washington covering the nine. And then I'm going to go BYU covering against Iowa State. Six and a half. Oh, it's been dead, bet down to six and a half. Yep. I didn't see that. As far as DraftKings says. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got seven here, and I'm trying to figure out which one I want to pair off, and I know I'm going to pick off a winner, of course. That's what happens. Um, yeah, I know. I only did it because uh, he called it first. He called it Arizona at Colorado over 55. I'm like, oh, okay, we can't go. We'll both go for three out of the same. Oh, you, sure you can. Yeah, sure you can. Um, I, I actually I like that play better. I, I do have Colorado plus 10.5 versus Arizona. Yeah, I think they're, they're a cover, like, you know, they're the kings of the backdoor cover. Like at this point, um, they've done it a few different times against USC, against uh, Oregon State this past week. Um, I think they, they will, you know, by hook or by crook, try and make it look better than it maybe it is. I also just don't know how Arizona plays as the favorite, particularly yeah. a road favorite of that. You know, you know, 10 and a half is a lot. Uh, I, I am the biggest Arizona fan. I just haven't seen it travel just yet. Um, I guess at USC it did, but again, I, you know how I feel about the USC environment and how unintimidating the LA Coliseum is to, for visiting teams. Um, so I'm going to choose Colorado plus 10.5 versus Arizona. Again, I don't think they win the game. I do think they um, cover the spread. Did we not pick that one? They're, Arizona's ranked. All right, next time. Anyway, any anytime we can give the Wildcats a little bit of love. Um, not not important, I, uh, Auburn plus three at Arkansas. I just like okay. Arkansas had a good game last week. Uh, Auburn's not a grand team, but I think Q Freeze knows the ones he needs to win. This is one he needs to win. Um, so give me them plus three on the road in Fayetteville. Uh, UCLA minus sixteen versus Arizona State. It's a little bit of a risky pick because I you don't know who's going to play quarterback at UCLA. I don't know if you guys saw that, but they had. Uh, Dante Moore leaves the game after uh, Ethan Garbers is also forced off the field. Ethan Garbers can't hardly walk. Um, they're at home. I think they can just run the football, and, and I think Arizona State's on its last leg, so give me them to cover 16. Uh, and again, I, I looked at these lines the other day, so there may have been some line movements to keep me honest as far as like what's actually available, Corey, if there's something that is wonky. Yeah, which one is um, UCLA Arizona State. What's the what's the spread between those two? Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay, it's been bet up, so I'll, I'll still take seventeen. I think they'll cover that, or at least push. Um, uh, West Virginia. I have plus twelve at Oklahoma. I think that they can keep that game close enough. Uh, yeah, low key, Oklahoma's offense. Well, yeah, I did, and and okay, Oklahoma's offense hasn't been stellar the last little bit. Have you guys noticed that? Like, they have they're a little dependent on some some pieces that I just don't think. Number one, uh, Tui Walker is is injured. Maybe he's back. I, I know he played in the Oklahoma or in Bedlam, but I, I just don't know if that ankle is fully fully back. Um, Nick Anderson is not, to me, a reliable number one outside receiver. Uh, I, I don't know. There, there's there's some pieces there that I think could could stand to be upgraded. 
um, how many have I given you now? I've given you one, two, three, four by my count. Um, and this is where I'm trying to figure out. I am on the Michigan minus four and a half at Penn State as well. That one was that one. I just don't know if Penn State's going to be able to score. Um, and now I'm waffling between these last two. I'm going to say them both, but I'm picking. Give me Miami plus 14 and a half versus FSU. Gross. I, I think the lines of scrimmage are are an advantage for, for Miami. And you're going to start to see like, hey, you know, Chris Ball wants to win tough and he will play tough. And this they I think they drag FSU into a, a fight. Um, I, I'm not necessarily – they don't even have to win, right? They just have to be within two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um and I can see that happening. I still can see a, a world where FSU blows them out. I just I want that to be the case. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, the other one that I was looking at, and I, again, this will not be an official pick, but Colorado State minus four and a half for San Diego State. Um, they're at home. San Diego State's not very good. Doesn't have a whole lot to play for left. They do play good defense, but again, I don't need a ton. I don't need a ton of points. I just need them to win by. Uh, essentially a slightly more than a field goal at home. So give me the Rams to do that. Did we have anything else we want to clear out before we, uh, before we wrap? All right. Well, this has been the CFB paint week 11 preview pod. Appreciate all of your support, listenership, viewership, however you're consuming our content. Give us a like, give us a follow, share it with your friends that are also passionate about college football and might benefit from hearing three people who are passionate about it, but maybe don't know everything about the sport. Just talk about it. So uh, appreciate that. We'll see you next time for our week 11 review next week.